This is Vince, the one, the only, the extraordinaire, the king. I'm joking. I connected with Pablo at Podfest, probably one of the best events I could ever have gone to. And man, you guys should connect with Pablo because, well, why not? First off, this man is killing the game with his connections. If you lack focus in that area, he's definitely somebody who can assist you with that. And plus, man, just that value that he brings to the table and that love and that genuine connection is just something that I value and I know you'll value too. So you should connect with that man. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I learned from him. This means every single person you ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every networking event or conference you walk into is both a library and your stage. Your network is your personal Google and you are a part of everyone's Wikipedia. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I am your Chief Executive Connector. Follow me as we meet people in my walks. Find out what we can learn from them, what they've learned from others, and what made them want to connect so you can learn to gain and give value to others in all of your interactions. I am terrible at asking for stuff, but if you want to do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you've learned from each episode, or at the very least, hit me up if I can ever be of service or any kind of value to you. Now, without further ado, let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am Pablo Gonzalez, your host and Chief Executive Connector. And today, we we got my boy on, somebody that I'm really excited to have on because... I don't know why, but you haven't, he hasn't done a lot of, po- he's interviewed a lot of people, but he hasn't been interviewed a lot. And I think he's a really, really intelligent guy, a really, really deep guy, someone who deeply cares about community. And he is being the change every day is what I, is what I observe. Someone that takes action is clearly trying to improve the world. And because of that, I want him on my stage and I want him to add value to your life. So I bring to you Vincent Kander of Candor Brands. He is a social media brand expert and growth expert and a super, super nice, cool guy. Vincent, welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. Man, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I love it. I love All it. All right. Yeah, you were just calling me a crazy person and now you're going you're gonna to pop off like that. All right, I like well, hold it. on. I'm matching energy here, so don't <laughs> judge me because at least you judge yourself. So uh... <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Vincent. I have a thesis and it goes like this. I believe that people connect the best when they either share vulnerability or add value to someone's life. I think you're going to add a ton of value in this interview in our conversation. So I want to start by asking you, what is something that you have struggled with? You know, I have struggled in the past with this and it's a current, it's a struggle that continues to happen, right? Because I, I think that we, sometimes we struggle and we think the struggle's over, but it's something that we have to check daily. Um, my struggle is holding the reins too much and holding the control too much. Um, it jeopardizes growth. And so because of that, it's hard for me to, like, especially when I'm up against a deadline, it's hard because it's like, okay, well, I can outsource this, but if they mess up, 
I don't have the time to get it fixed by them. I have to do it myself. So why don't I just take care of it? You know, but then I lose the opportunity of building relationships and value with people. That makes sense. That makes sense. Can you, where do you think that comes from? Do you think that is a, um, a, a desire to please a fear of trusting? A fear of trusting. I think it's, it's a very big fear of trusting. I, I think because of my past and being in the foster care system and being uh, brought up by a family that didn't necessarily adopt me for me, they adopted me for the, for the cheddar, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, it developed something in me that I have to break every single morning I wake up. Okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. Let's talk about, let's talk about your background, man. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, you know, kind of from, from how you grow up to what you're up to these days? Well, I am a true northerner. So at times I'm an asshole. Uh, so <laughs> I was, um, yet to in be the seen by me, system. by the way, uh, huh. always a sweetheart. Uh, I, I can, I can be an asshole. I just yeah. haven't given that to you yet. Cause I haven't felt like I had to. <laughs> I, look for, some, I look forward to that moment. Some people, some people need it though. <laughs> uh, so I'm from up North. Uh, originally I was born in Connecticut. Um, but I was raised in New York. So I have a lot of New York in me and then having different attributes of Florida in me as well, being here for since 2000 and well in Jacksonville, at least until since 2010. Um, I am unfortunately plagued by the lack of value that people have added to my life. Mm. So I choose to make sure that I am aware of the value that I can add to others because I don't want anybody to ever feel the way that I felt. Mm -hmm. um, but I also balance that with not being taken advantage of, right? Because you don't want to be taken advantage of. So from being in foster care to having a foster family that was abusive and racist and to being there just for having the, the check that they'll get because I was what they called an at-risk adoption because anybody over the eight, age of eight years old is considered an at-risk adoption. So that happened. So they got more money for that. With that being said, I developed trust issues. I didn't know if people were there for me, if they were there for themselves, if it was selfish, stuff like that. But then I started to develop relationships and understand who I was at an early age. I wonder what I wanted. I didn't want my kids to go through that. I didn't want to be that for other people. I didn't want what was being put into me to be given to my children. So with that, I learned to really kind of early on develop relationships with people purely on what I can give you rather than what you can give me. Um, can I get into that position? Can I get into that selfish? Because my super nature desire is to be selfish. I believe that's everybody's, but yeah, that is me in a nutshell. That's what I grew up around. I grew up around selfishness. I grew up around people. If I ask you to do something for me, the first thing out of their mouth, well, how much are you paying for it? Or what are you doing? Like it was never sure I got your back, you know? And that's what I, I want it to be. My relationships to be like is sure. I got your back. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get rewarded for it. I'm going to get paid for it. It's just not the first thing that I talk about. Yeah, that's, that's clearly where you and I connect, man. I, I definitely, it's weird, man, because I arrived to that place from a very different place, right? I arrived from that place from like a, a sense of 
being given so much abundance that I am indebted to the rest of the world that sure, I got your back kind of thing. Cause I had so right. much getting my back, right? Like quite frankly, I feel very, very blessed by that. And, and it really is what drives me. Um, if you don't mind, man, I'd love to talk about, so when I was in Miami, when I did my leadership Miami program, we did this, we won the whole thing because we did this work for, uh, uh, a charity called educate tomorrow that helps okay. put, uh, foster kids in college. Right. Cause like mm. if the statistics around foster care and, and people from the foster system are, are insane, right? Like it it's something like a super high percentage of the prison population was in foster care. Right. Um, the chance of a, somebody from the foster system being imprisoned if after they're 18, they go to college versus not go to college drops by like 80%. And if they don't go to college, they're like 70% likely to go to prison or something like that. Like right. something fucking insane. Um, and in, in learning, you know, and in being involved with all that stuff, man, we learned that what plagues the most, what plagues foster people with a foster background is the most is self-worth, mm. right? Like, like you find that you put the kids in college, but if you don't send them there with a group of other kids that are like them, they'll feel like they don't really belong. And now, yeah. Can you talk about how you overcame wow. that stuff, man? Like, how did you, how, how, you know, honestly, right? Like, they're like, you don't, you don't strike me as somebody that lacks self-worth, right? Like I see you as, as a person that's like radiant and like you are, you are trying to do things and, and you're really getting after stuff, man. Can you, can you tell me what, what turned the light on for you there or how you avoided maybe coming across that way, even though maybe you struggle with it now, just talk to me a little bit. I still struggle with it. I figured, yeah. Um, there are, there are some things that I struggle with on that, but okay. I think everybody struggles with a level of self-value and self-worth um, depletion. As far as foster care is concerned, even through adoption, um, I'll share this. I, uh, I'm not immune to the system um, from being in juvie uh, consecutively to choosing to be in juvie on purpose because I didn't want to be around my adoptive family. Hmm. Knew what would get under their skin enough for them to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to call you probation officer. I've been in and out of juvie because of that, because I found more value in juvie than I did in my adopted family. So it was hard. Wow. But one of the twisted, right? You just said something really fucking deep there, man. Like, not a, it, it's deep and it's false. Like the yeah. system itself wasn't meant for me neither. Yeah. But to find value in that, it's just funny. The biggest thing, remember when I said I was an asshole at the beginning of this conversation? Mm -hmm. I literally became the biggest asshole, dick, person that you wouldn't want to talk to. It, it didn't matter what I brought to the table. It didn't matter what you brought to the table. At the end of the day, I didn't like you. I don't like you. I'm not, I'm not allowing you in my life. And that's it. To the point where it got lonely. So I had to learn how to add value to myself so I didn't feel so lonely. It's a twisted way of doing it, but it really kind of helped me elevate myself and value in my self-worth. But I realized that in that self-worth, part of building self-worth is building self-worth with others. And I was lacking that. So because I built myself up to not needing anybody, not wanting anybody, not having nothing, I'm okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it myself. I'm a grind, I'm a hustle, I'm gonna get it myself and there's nothing anybody can do to stop me. And if that means stepping on other people to get there, so be it. That's the mentality that I had as a kid. As a kid, as a teenager, 
now I'm, tw- I'm 30. Are you 30? Just got there. Yeah, I just got there. Right. <sighs> you know, it's really depressing. But anyway, not the point. The point is, is that I got here at 30 and I've gone through so much in my young life from owning businesses to that taught me a lot from owning coffee shops, realizing that I can't do it alone, realizing who can bring stuff to the table, realizing I didn't have that family support. And the one person that did support me was my brother. His, his, his name is Ken. He was a part of the adopted, like he was their child, but he didn't want nothing to do with them. So with that being said, he took me in. He showed me what it, what it meant to be a man. He showed me what it meant to have the people in your life care for you, what it meant to be in a wheelchair, force fed, and still have people there loving you and doing whatever it took to make sure that you were good. And then I kept crying. I'm just trying to understand why I didn't have that. And then he helped me see that he was there. But then when I lost him from Lou Gehrig's disease, it was, it was the only person in my whole family who actually cared for me. And then I lost him, but I gained so much value from him and his teachings from religious to, uh, from spiritual, sorry, I don't like to use the word religious, from spiritual to family, what I'm supposed to look for in a life. If I am not looking for people in my life who are there for me at 100% as much as I am for them, then they're not a part of my life. And that's, and that's okay, because I have to set those boundaries. It's not me being mean, it's not being me being hurtful, but it's me setting the tone for how a person can really kind of add value the way my brother added value to me. Wow, man. That is, uh, I mean, you know, you know my story, right? Like, you know that I, uh, I lost my brother and, and, and in his passing, I found a, a great amount of value and it's, uh, it's really, fi- I, I have found that that difference has been the perspective of, of, of really applying those lessons, right? Like that moment, you know, I have a, I have a great friend of mine that says that I heard him say in moments of great loss come great clarity. You know, sorry. Like, I, I, I'm also, I, I get that. I get that 100%. Sorry. Yeah. I, I smile when you say that because it's, it's so true that we find that in the awkwardest ways. Sorry. No, no, you can smile about it, man. Like I, you know, like I, I, I just, I just bring it up because it really was, I didn't know it at the time. Right. But it, it, as, as I, as I continue on since my brother's passing, his influence is more and more present in my life. Period. Right. You know? So, all right. So how did you grow to owning a coffee shop? How does that happen? Um, it fell in my lap. I know, I know that sounds very like, let me put it this way. The, not the gumption, not the drive, that didn't fall on my lap because I had to work at that. I had to work at what I wanted and had to get, nothing was ever handed to me. But I developed a relationship um, where she had a business partner who had equipment that he needed to basically start a coffee shop because his coffee truck idea didn't work out and he had all this equipment, but he wanted to start something. So we, it, that's how it started. But essentially, if I would have had a regular job, I wouldn't have started that coffee shop. So I worked for Brightway Insurance. I left a deco staffing in the corporate world, working in their, in their staffing division, moving 
into insurance and was supposed to be a manager over there to being told, oh, never mind, we're not going to offer you the same position we offered you that you left your other job for. We're going to offer you something almost 50% less because we decided not to terminate the person who I was replacing. And I say all this to say that I would go in sick. I didn't care or fear losing money as much as I feared and didn't like the job. I would go in, I would get sick, I would leave, and I hated it. So I left with no umbrella, nothing holding me back, nothing concrete as to what I was going to do next. I just knew I loved coffee. I loved everything about it. Like I signed, I, I, I looked at it, I talked about it, everything. And then I moved into owning up my own because this person had all this extra equipment. They had, they needed value. They had value. And we connected to two values together and created a whole, a whole business. And then in that, I was able to expand them and open up two more um, and then sold all of them. What was, uh, what was the key to be able to take in that existing business and expanding it to two more? Well, the first business, it didn't get expanded. Only the idea got expanded. So I had a business partner for the one. The other one were called something totally different. And the reason what I did was, is I used the mall's money to actually expand it. So the re the, I, I didn't want to work with my partner because my partner wanted something totally different. Sometimes value can be short-lived, right? So, and I think that's important to understand knowing what season and where you're going. But that I expanded it because I fell in love with the idea of growing the business rather than running it. I fell out of love with running the first one. So another mall approached us, said we need a coffee shop. They had a need, they were willing to pay for it. We opened it, we ran it. Um, and that's how it kept kind of growing. But then when it stopped, I realized that I was in love with growing the business, growing the idea and helping people see the value in it. That's when it, the light clicked for me. And I moved into selling those and going into social media and branding and helping small business develop their product and, and placement. Okay. Tell me about that. Tell me about that, that business. <laughs> I have been, I started out in as a Facebook analyst, so I handled analyzing posts for Trump, for the elections, for making sure that people were actually U.S. citizens, to moving on to working for a firm who really kind of helped me elevate my knowledge, KDL Creative. Um, she is amazing, the, the owner, uh, Kayla. She really helped me develop who I was in social media. Without her, I wouldn't have half the things that I have in my reservoir and in my toolbox. So with that being said, I developed myself for about two years with her, a year and a half in the analyst side with Facebook. So I have, and then by myself the last, for another two years, I have about five, five years worth of social media and branding experience. Which is a lifetime. <laughs> it's ever changing. I know, it's that's it's what I'm crazy. Saying. I mean, f five years ago, Facebook ads were just starting to tip. Right. right, right. YouTube, YouTube. Oh, I mean, the, the idea I keep telling people all the time with monetization, I'm like, now people are making pennies on a dollar for YouTube. But when it first started, you would, you could bankroll with the crappiest video and it didn't even matter because you were pushing content like a beast yeah. and it just changes it, Like what you push now is important just as much as how you pushed it back then. It was how much you pushed out, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, I find it as you know, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how right now the, the places that are growing like that are LinkedIn and TikTok. And, um, and I see, I see it like 
I, you know, now that I wasn't aware of it back then, right? Like I, I was, I was not an educated social media user in 2014 in the least. Right. Um, but I see it now, right? I see what's happening on LinkedIn, for example. And I see that LinkedIn went from being this thing where, give me one second, let me see if my dog's barking here. Nah, whatever, we're gonna roll with it. Can you hear my dog's barking? <laughs> I can. Did you hear the children? No. Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm half deaf. Um, so, and this, this is not in my good ear. So, <laughs> so um, so I see, you know, LinkedIn used to be this like place for recommendations and, and like weird things. I don't, I don't right. know. I don't really know what it was. And then, and then all of a sudden they changed it to allow for native multimedia content to be uploaded into it. Right. And the incentive of the behavior changes. And now I see it like, oh, this used to be a horse and carriage state. And they just built all these interstates in between right. all these towns. And whoever's got a car right now is going to get around. Right. You know, so like, so, so I guess that's what was happening back then too, right? Like nobody knew that if you just uploaded content, it was just going to get overly shown to, I mean, I guess some people knew. Right. Right. And, and, and I agree with you that it's going to continue to change. Like right now it's LinkedIn and TikTok, but it's going to continue to evolve. Right. Like what, right. Are, can you kind of, can you kind of tell me like the stuff that you've seen? Well, so TikTok heavily, I, I just started uh, kind of playing with that about a couple weeks, about a couple months ago. Um, I didn't really push it in a general statement. I just wanted to see what its algorithm looked like. And it's right now, just like, just like YouTube, just like Instagram, just like Facebook, it's new on the market. Push, doesn't matter what you're pushing, just push stuff out. Let me like, that's all you need to do. Yeah. But Instagram has something that I am very much been eyeing. Oh. Very much so. It's their monetization of IGTV. And their push for that. Just over the last couple months, few months, they released the ability to allow for the users to upload 60 minutes without the 10,000 follower requirement. Why would you do that? Because now they want people to start pushing content, pushing content, pushing content. Yeah. So everyone who says, I want, I'm avoiding IGTV or I want to do under a minute because I don't want it to go. They just also released a new update where before you used to say, I want to upload an IGTV video. Now when you upload a video, and it's over a minute, it asks you IGTV or a short clip, period. It's the same function. They're, they are prepping IGTV to take over Instagram, and I'm going to be there when it does, period, point blank. I have a, a, a brand that I manage called the 21st Men, um, and they're, I'm pushing all of their video to IGTV. No, if there's a clip, it's very small. It's like a trailer. But other than that, everything that they do, even, uh, even if I only want a minute, 60 seconds, I'm doing a minute uh, and five seconds because I want it on IGTV. Really? Because pushing IGTV right now, if you have stuff on there already and continuing to push out on it and having content shotgun ready, I'm you're going to be approached by Instagram to be beta tested for IGTV, Instagram um, mm. monetization. LinkedIn, I wish I was more fluid in. I'm not. I don't play much well. I don't play well in LinkedIn because I'm not, I feel like sometimes I go into a LinkedIn circle and I'm like, I don't belong here. Let me go. Let me get out of here because um, I'm not that suit and tie kind of wearing kind of person. And it's cool, right? I can get there. I can be there. I, only, I go in there when, as selfish as this might sound, I go in there when I need something yeah. from, it, from LinkedIn. 
but the, 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 what doesn't make it selfish is that I go in there knowing that I have something to offer. Yeah, for sure. To give to somebody else. Interesting, man. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that IGTV tip, right? Because to me, it's like IGTV, um, what you're describing to me is they're reducing friction points, right? Which means that they're preparing to have way more content, which to me sounds like they're widening the highways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but IGTV has that sp- that thing where like you have to spend a little bit more time because you know, it's going to like look one way on the feed and then another way. They change that. They change that. Cause so the now last... you can do, you can do uh, horizontal or vertical videos and you can, and, and you have, they have different structures to where you can, when you add up a load of preview, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you have that preview, now you can set your preview in dimensions properly to go along really? with your feed. So like I, you can do it. Yep. And now you can upload horizontal videos and not just vertical, which is, okay. which is beautiful. Dude, that's really good to know. Cause I'm about to go ham promoting this podcast. It, so. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, I love the idea. Of, I focus on one. Usually IG Instagram is my favorite platform to really kind of push. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they're opening that up because I'm noticing it and I'm telling people all the time. Yeah. Get IGTV, get on it now. For me, Instagram is the one that I try to look the coolest on. Facebook is the one that I think I have the most engagement on, right? Like I have, I have like, I have like, yeah, I have like 4,000, you know, friends on Facebook or whatever, but like, I don't know, you know, like Facebook also has those weird bots. So I don't, I don't know. And then LinkedIn to me is the one that I think I have more dialed in, right? Like to me, the key to, I, because I come from, I went from the super corporate professional world to the super edge of social media e-commerce, Right. So I have a lot of arbitrage and mm. the knowledge from the edge of e-commerce and social media to the LinkedIn world. So my shit's more compelling, right? Like on right. Facebook, everybody is a Russell Brunson influenced idiot, mm. you know, like, um, right. so, so, so anyways, man, that's, that, that's kind of where I'm but at. That's beautiful though. You're a yeah, puzzle I'm piece. Into it. You're yeah. a puzzle piece. And, and the thing is, is I'm not strong at LinkedIn because yeah. I don't have all that experience in the yeah. corporate world. I do have experience in the corporate world world, but I'm all about, I say this because I'm talking about devaluing the corporate's world's viewpoint on how to work. That's, I, that's I where the world's I don't, headed. I don't like it. I don't like it. So I don't usually like to play in those circles because a lot of the baby boomers are running the show right now still. And the thing is, is that they believe in a nine to five schedule. They believe in this. They believe in that. I'm like, you want, but Corona, what it has done is, is it's shown people that it has produced productivity tenfold. You think they're going to put people back in the office? If you do, it's a mistake. You better give somebody the option because this is showing them that you have to value people. And also unemployment, $2,400 extra a month for some people. People aren't going back to work. Now, you can either complain that the government gave them $2,400 or you can adjust your model and showcase how much you value that person and maybe offer them a pay and that's worthy of their time. Because $2,400 is nothing when if you really thought think about that to live off of like come on now people are i mean that's nothing to live off of but you're not valuing people enough and you're offering them the lowest of the low of course you're not going to work on that yeah makes sense makes perfect sense so i would challenge you to the idea that just like you're thinking about igtv Right, like you're thinking about like IG is getting ready to like unleash the hounds for IGTV because they got all this. So is the world of LinkedIn with the baby boomers getting the fuck out the way. 
You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, like, like I, 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 I just saying, just like you think that everybody that has content on IGTV right now, when IGTV goes big, they're going to, they're going to win. I think that just that people that have the millennial viewpoint and this new way of doing things viewpoint on LinkedIn, when the culture catches up to LinkedIn, when, when, sorry, when LinkedIn catches up to culture, you will be the benefactor of it. And I think we're real close to it, man. You know, like I, like I really do I think that we're, I am the oldest millennial, right? Like I, I, like I was born in 80. People say I'm not a millennial. I think you're I'm not. a millennial. Yeah, you're not. So. <laughs> born in 90. Uh, yeah. So I'm definitely a millennial. You know what? But, but, you're but an you, exennial. That's what we call you. <laughs> whatever, whatever you whatever you want to call it man to me the qualities the qualities that that, that millennials Listen, have you are you are a millennial through and through with your personality yeah exactly man <laughs> and i'd rather be the oldest of something than like than, than the youngest of something right like i think i have a lot to give um oh, yeah to i don't want to be the generation of anything you know? yeah <laughs> generation generation z came through and said and and just just over you know <laughs> yeah totally by the way i'm very optimistic about generation z T tell me about the 21st men man tell me tell me about this project so the 21st men is a project that was launched about last year in october that gives men of color a voice to be able to put out content that they want um it's a media focused um corporation that goes into the community it also develops people in their professional lives, in their uh, college careers, as well as in the classroom when they're younger. So the idea is to provide them with skills classes and life skills classes and community and networks. In addition to that, giving them media to chew on while they don't have that connection. So for instance, if a, if a student has to still go home to the problems that they're facing, they tune on to the 21st men and they get that love and that encouragement and then they can zoom call us eventually that's like what the concept of the 21st men is is to build a platform of development for men from a man of color perspective giving the underdogs a chance to kind of rule the show without discrediting any other man right so it's kind of a it's definitely a great organization to be a part of for sure when I think about what you're trying to do with 21st Men, I think you're trying to put mentorship at scale for... I think that's definitely what the organization is trying to do, for sure. Tell me about the role of con that content plays in that, right? Like, tell me about the intersection between, like, content and doing that and, uh, and building those relationships. Well, the intersection is already there, right? So content is... What, especially on social media, is the most consumed pieces ever by people, especially the younger generation. So the concept is to take that content and feed people and get people's attention and then use that attention that we've acquired to build community and network and mentorship from it. So it's kind of like the anchor to the whole organization. And it, we use it to be able to give back through multiple means. So this coming up season, um, we're going to be doing mental health minutes. We're going to be doing um, we're going to be doing segmented curated shows, five minute curated shows where we give people the platform to create their own show. Mm, so that's cool. that that is another one. Uh, in addition to the roundtable discussions that we had last season, 
So those are the three new things that are coming to the table for the 21st men. No one really knows about it yet until, uh, until July 9th, but I'm giving it to you now. So you've got it. But that's where we're, we're moving to. I, I am helping the team with production and social media branding and development of the content and pushing out the producing side of all of the curated shows. I'm putting together all the trailers, the logos, all of that um, for each and every one. And that's how we add value to the men. Men have a hard time creating a space where value is in the community. It's hard and it's pressed, but they need to know that they're valued in order to want to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. So with this curated show, we add value to men who want to have a voice. And for seven episodes in the second season, those men will have a voice and it'll be consistent and constant and they will have a show. Every single curated episode that comes out, their show will be there and they'll be able to also build off of their brand from there. So the idea is, is that in that seven episodes, the 21st men will own the show and the right to the show and everything that comes along with it. After the seventh episode, their commitment is free. They're free from the commitment of filming. They get complete ownership of their show and they get to go and build. They already have the foundation laid for them. They get to go build their whole brand without having to have paid for a dime. All they had to do was give me time. And that shows them that time is worth way more than money. Dude, that is so brilliant, man. I, I never heard you describe it like that, man. It's a, it's a content accelerator. Right. That's dope, dude. That's really so cool. Definitely. I didn't realize that that's what 21st Men was. Do you want to talk about the space that you're working on? Is that, or is that top secret? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, the 21st Men in partnership with, with, remember the 21st Men is each of our individual brands, right? Yeah. Each of our individual personalities. Not one person is, is the owner of the 21st Men. It's all of us as a 21st Men. And that's the beautiful thing is this, we give our skill set as form of payment and our network as form of payment to the 21st men. In addition, 21st men gives value through those different networks and building content acceleration for people and to help build that network. With that, I myself personally am starting a kind of like a co-working space and an incubator, but I'm merging the two together and calling it a creative make space. And what that is, is, is that instead of being a nonprofit, it's a for-profit business that helps people have a one-stop shop to be able to grow their business, their entrepreneurial side of things, their creative side. They walk in, they have a podcast studio, they have a videography studio, they, have, they don't have to pay for print, extra for print. They don't pay extra for conference rooms. And just a regular, um, just a regular fee is between $250 and $265. And then if you want to dedicate a desk, it's more. But you're also going to have access to digital platforms, Microsoft Teams. You can create little teams. You can network with people on digital side. We're gonna have yoga classes. We're gonna have mental health classes. We're gonna have financial classes that are gonna be free to the members. Like they're not gonna cost. And then we have discounts to multiple different conferences that we can host ourselves or be a, be a sponsor for that can give a hefty discount to our members as opposed to paying full price, which is something that we wanna do. I think it's super cool, man. Like I, I think, I think shared office spaces are the future, right? I saw them, I saw them take off like wildfire in Miami. I think that this market is probably about like five to six years behind Miami, uh, at least, right? If not 10. Um, but I think, I think they're the future. I, I think Corona's going to make them even more the future. I think Corona's going to listen, man, do you know, you know, you know, my stance on coronavirus. I think I coronavirus has accelerated a bunch of trends that were already coming, man. You know, yeah, definitely. And, and definitely. I think, I think content creation is one of them, dude. Like if you, if you can't figure out how to communicate with people when you're not in front of them, you're going to lose, man, because the gates are open, bro. You know, right. and like, and everybody's realized it. Exactly. Um, 
So I think it's brilliant, man. I, I love the idea of, of having those pooled resources for content creators and bringing together, you know, many people of the same ilk in one space because magic truly happens uh, when you aggregate exactly. the whole Exactly. Right? And people look for us all the time, but they can't find us. Yeah. And, that's it. and that's another thing. Uh, there's a program called Jack's Bridges and it, the city runs it. But a lot of people, particularly the communities that I run in are going to be definitely people of color. But this isn't secluded to people of color. This, what I, my project is for every creative, any creative, doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You produce amazing stuff, you're there. Like, and you, and you, pay, the, you pay the monthly fee, but you have access to all of this stuff that you basically don't have access for at a regular co-work and you spend $200 a month at. Like, you know, it's about 150 plus your fees for your printing, plus your, your um, conference room fees. And you don't even get half the free stuff that I'm willing to put, throw into the boat. And it's group economics. The more people who pay for that, the more we can offer, the more, and you don't even have to be in the space. You can be home and have all this stuff at your, like in your possession. Yeah. Your bus, people are paying for Buzzsprout um, uh, memberships. Yeah. That's in there. Microsoft team, like, like, well, maybe not Buzzsprout, depends on who's willing to do business with me. You know what I mean? Who, yeah. Who's going to build out that podcast studio? All of our podcasts are going to go on their platform and we're going to pay for it. You know, and Microsoft Teams, uh, you know, having that option for people to be able to have access to Microsoft Teams and build from there um, and really kind of having all these things that you're already paying for already a part of it. Adobe, all of that. Yeah. And for you, it's an embedded podcast network and YouTube network of people, you know, like I, I believe that the fastest way to grow an audience is to leverage other audiences and you have exactly. an inherent, an inherent bunch of other audiences, right? Like, so to me, it's the aggregate, some of the whole, man. That's why from the, from the first moment that you and me started speaking, it's like, we totally speak that same language, right? I exactly. love it. Exactly. Um, have you ever heard of that YouTube house in LA? Like where all these like YouTubers live? I haven't, but I have heard of other houses that are similar. Like New York has a um, organization that puts like, they'll buy like apartment homes and they'll put people of similar values and similar career paths in one apartment. And then, but the whole thing is like a huge conglomerate of whatever operation that they're doing. So, yeah. or occupation, yeah. but I haven't. So there's some like famous YouTube house and I would probably look into it, man. Cause I'm sure there is, it's not the same thing you're doing, but I'm sure there's something there that you can copy. Right. <laughs> you Everything know? is copy and paste. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Everything is, man. You get it. Um, it, it is. I'm just going to put my, I'm, you know, we just, what we do is, is we tend to buy the shirt and slap our name on it. But in reality, I just kept seeing things that were bits and pieces of what should be together. Like Rec Philly, that's in Philadelphia. They have a space that's similar. They actually have a venue inside it where people can actually put on artist shows and they have like a, a mixer table and hopefully I can grow to be something like that. But the idea is concept is similar, but what they lack is the corporate world that I want to include, yep. that I want to say, hey, listen, corporations, we have a plethora of creatives at our, at our disposal. You want to hire them? And we are able to not only that, but we're teaching people how to have that corporate mentality because it's important to have, even if we don't want to work in corporate, if we know what we don't know, then we're, we're, we're going to accelerate. Yeah, I get it, man. I love it, dude. I think it's really, really cool, man. I can't wait to, first of all, take my money, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> and second of all, man, you know, like if we, if we do execute on this and I, and I get to be a part of it and add value to it, it would be really, really cool, man. My, my, my thing is, is that I, 
you run in circles that I don't. Yeah. And in the and the, to be honest with you, you have this upbeat personality every day of the week. Me, I can have this upbeat personality with you, but I'm a natural introvert. Yeah. I am. I am. I, I know it don't sound like it. I know I'm awesome and stuff, but I am Too a very awesome. natural. <laughs> Jesus, how <laughs> awesome. So, <laughs> but I'm a natural introvert. You're a natural extrovert. Yeah. I can do this with you because I built a valuable connection with you. Yeah. I can be at the space and take in and talk to somebody one-on-one about how I can build value for them. But if I have to build, and I'm now starting to apply for speaking gigs so I can start to do that on masses so I can get over my extroverted fears. So with that being said, I just applied to PodFest to be a speaker for their, for their next expo. So hopefully I get it. The online one or the, or the, or the next I one? I think it's the virtual one. Okay. I want to apply to that. How do I apply to that? Send me I that can link. send you the link. Yeah, yeah. Send I me the link. link I'm, I'm ready to apply to that. I'm ready to apply to yeah, that. Yeah, bet. Um, I got it. Cool. Super, man. That's awesome, man. So, so let's talk about that. How do we meet? PodFest. Actually, wasn't even supposed to be there. <laughs> I wasn't supposed so, to be there. I literally, so I got called maybe about five days. Hey, I want you to meet this for a person. Because he, I think he'd be good for your, for your co-work and what you were trying to do. So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to meet them. I meet him. And he's like, I can get you into PodFest very fast like this. I'm, I'm going to be a speaker there. So I said, okay, cool. What is this? And he's like, this is a place for podcasters. At first I was like, I mean, what is that? I mean, at the time I was a video caster. I was doing things for the 21st man, but I wasn't really doing that for myself. So I went there as a, as a 21st man. Like, that's how I went. But I also ended up getting on staff at podfest so i ended up working for podfest and doing the shows and helping set up everything like that and that's how i met mr pablo you know and honestly i met a lot of great people there uh full-time black women i um met whitney um pink lemonade podcast i i let i met um ali with empower mag i met a lot of great 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 amazing people um that i'm just very grateful for so that's really how we met I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan of the podcast community. You know, like I, I started going to pod podcast movement because my big thing last year was, dude, if I go to a podcast conference and I can be Pablo, then I can get on like 50 podcasts. And it's like doing the morning radio show tour of like Radio Row as like a PR outreach, right? And what I found in podcasters is a bunch of people that all have a voice, right? Like they don't just have a stage. They all have a voice, man. Like they all have something to say. They all have something exactly. they care about. They have something they're trying to do, man. And so it really, it really brought me back to like that realization when I was in Miami and I started work, you know, like being really in depth in like the nonprofit young professional groups of just like, man, it's good to be around people that have this quality to them, right? Like it filters out a certain amount of like the nonprofit group filtered out a certain amount of selfishness. The pod, the pod, the podcast movement filters out a certain amount of like uninterestingness, right? Like, like everybody, right? Ever, you know? Oh my gosh, I had that in me. Like, while I was there, I was like, people really listen to that. My that's what I, was, I said that in my head like fifty times while I was there, and I'm like, and but you know the bad, there's it's so confident. There, people are so confident in what they want that they that's so beautiful. It's like, you know, a damn right I'm gonna listen to that. Like it, it changed from questioning people really listen to that to damn, how can I listen to that? Yeah. Because my, it helped me change my mental health. It's crazy. 
Yeah, it's really cool, man. So I listen, I, I try to deconstruct how how people decided to keep in contact with me because I'm trying for our friend that's listening right now to to kind of just figure out how to make more connections, right? Like what is it what is it about me when you met me that made you think I want to have a, an ongoing relationship with this guy? Um you had everything I didn't. You balanced me in some ways. And I go after that. I mm. see what I lack in and I would love to know how I can be more like that person. And that's one of the reasons why I attract it to myself to you. Interesting. Yeah. I see the world that way too, man. Like people that people that I think everybody's got something I don't know. Right. And I wanna I'm, right. dying, I'm dying to know what that is. Right. Yeah. So I keep bringing it back to a puzzle. It's like a piece of the puzzle that I feel like there's a lot that I can give yeah. and I feel like there's a lot that you can give. And mm-hmm. I honestly, it's, it's without each other, the picture isn't clear. I like so. it, man. I like that a lot. You ready for the lightning round, bro? Bam, 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 bam. Let's go. Let's go. What is your favorite restaurant and what dish do you get there? Dang. Really? Uh, <laughs> my house. Um, I really do. I love cooking. I love cooking for people. Um, I love cooking like big ziti's and, 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 and lasagnas and stuff like that for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, vegan. So my, so, so the reason I ask this question is because it's like a value add. Like I want people to like have this like list of restaurants to go to in different cities that they visit. Uh, but, but the way that so you answered it is a good You can still come home with me. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I got some better, I got some better than that. Just give me, give me like a recipe tip that you like to make, man. If you like to cook, right? Like when you make your big zitties and stuff like that, like what is, what is the, what's the magic in it? Well, okay. So I recently, it was like over a year ago, I became vegan. So, mm-hmm. well, not vegan, pescatarian, no dairy. So I don't eat dairy because I'm allergic to it. And I found out. Um, with that, the biggest tip that I can give as far as cheeses are concerned, because people always ask about that, is if you want good quality taste, you have to spend the money for it, period. And so cashew milk makes really good option for cheeses. Um, oat milk is good for like coffees and stuff like that, but uh, cooking, making things creamier, cashew milk, fine mm. cheeses with cashew milk in them, fine cheeses and milks with cashew milk for cooking. It, it's, it's probably the best tip I can give. That's awesome, man. I recently found cashew milk ice cream and it's awesome. Oh my <laughs> God. So, so delicious. Salted so caramel wrapped in yeah. dark chocolate. Amazing. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> um, also, man. Have you ever have you ever cooked with ghee? Do you know what ghee is? I've seen it on the shelves. Yeah, so um, it's so it's um they take butter and they slow cook it and it slow cooks and it separates the lactose out of it. So really? the lactose is usually what you're allergic to in dairy, right? Right. No, um, um I'm allergic to two things. I'm allergic to lactose and and there's a protein as well. Okay, then it might not work for you, man. But like that's like ghee is like the base butter for like like Indian people use ghee. And it's this really rich butter. So like it doesn't have lactose and on top of that it's just rich. And it's I would love rich. to try it. Like, it's real I'll try good, it though. and if I get sick, you know, I'm coming for you. But that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> if I get sick, there's gonna be a brown bag outside of your door. All right. So <laughs> on fire. don't don't put it out with your boots (laughs) all right what content are you most into right now 
content that feeds me. So I really am into the financial side right now. Mm -hmm. I'm very, Grant Cardone, I've been very heavy on him lately. Uh, I think that's where my focus has been, is very financial. That's exactly the question that I want. All right, perfect. Uh, what is, so you, I, know, I know you just turned 30, but what is something that you held absolutely true in your 20s that you no longer believe? Uh, held absolutely true to my 20s that I no longer believe. That you have to be happy for gifts. Okay, tell me more. You, okay. If I receive a gift and I don't like it, the world has taught me that I'm being ungrateful. In my 20s, in my early 20s, it was, oh, yeah, that's nice. It's nice. Not no more. Because if you get me a gift that I don't like, it shows your lack of value that you have in me and that your lack of understanding that you have in me. And I'm not going to allow you to sit in that ununderstanding. And I don't have to be happy with the gift that you gave me. And I can be okay with that. Dude, that's awesome. All right. What is either the best piece of advice you've ever gotten or the best piece of advice you'd like to give people? My best, best advice that I've ever gotten was connect with Pablo on his podcast. The um, <laughs> best advice that I can give you is to connect with Pablo on his podcast. No, I'm joking. Uh, that is a great advice. But when you do stuff for other people, ask yourself, are you, when you, whatever it is, whether it be gift giving, whether it be doing something for them monetarily, whether it be coming over and doing something for them because they're sick or whatever the case may be, ask them true, ask yourself truly, are you doing it for them? Are you doing it for you? And are you utilizing this, not necessarily to get something in return, but to overcome some type or overcompensate some type of feeling that you're having inside for you? And it's okay if you are, it's just, we go through life too many times, too much, really kind of focusing on what we would want to give, what we would want to do instead of what people would like to see or people would like to receive. So make sure that when you're giving, you're giving based on what people want to see rather than what you want to give. That was excellent, man. That was excellent. Um, so listen, I'm going to link in the show notes, your Instagram here. Uh, that's, it's, that's what you chose to Facebook, Twitter. Um, but is there anywhere before I ask you my last question, anywhere you want to send people, right? Like, are you trying to draw attention to something of yours, someone else's, any, something like so that? I, yeah, for sure. I run a podcast called you are growth and it's, um, on my Instagram, there's a link in the bio for the podcast. I definitely want people to tune into those podcasts because I don't do it for me. I don't heavily advertise it. And the reason why I don't is because I want to encourage the people who are on that podcast to advertise it, to push it. To go for it. I want to give people a platform for them. I don't, uh, so that you are growth podcast isn't for me. It's for them to have a platform to give a voice to so they can have something that they can build from. And I would really appreciate it if people just were to tune into those for them and hear what they have to say and why they were interviewed for what they were interviewed for. Awesome, man. Final question Where do you find community? I find community and with the people around me. I think the people who I have chosen to be a part of my life help develop that community within me to give out to other people. I think that that 
is where I mostly find my community. It's with the people that are very, very close to me. Because it helped me come out of my shell, be things I never thought I could be, to add value to people I never thought I could add value to. Awesome, man. Vincent, dude, thank you for doing this. I really want to acknowledge you, man. From, from the moment I met you, you have come across as a very, very authentic, very purposeful, and very well-intended person that shows up in a vulnerable way, man. And I, I, you know, I think, I don't think that there's a higher compliment than showing up that way, man. So I, 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 I thank you for, for, you know, I want to just praise you for doing that. I think it's brave. I think it's really cool what you're doing, man. Every time I hear you're doing something, I'm like, Oh shit, Vince is doing that. That's cool. <laughs> like, I'm about it. So man, I just want to acknowledge you for that. And thank you for being on this podcast and thank you for being my friend, man. No, I mean, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, man. I, something that I really value is definitely what you, you even asking me to be a part of this. So that's why I love connecting. So right on. I hope you enjoyed that conversation right there as much as I did. Listen, Connect with Pablo is a content marketing community creation agency. The bottom line is that if you can start creating content that can give value to your customers or audience while creating strategic relationships through it, you can have a content machine that allows you to tell the story of your business through the value you are creating while gathering people together. If you're curious about that or know someone who could be, please shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com or hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn through the profiles tagged in the show notes. If you just want a quick pick me up and some tactical advice right before walking into a room full of strangers, go to connectwithpablo.com, watch the five minute video about how to walk into a room and not feel like you're all alone and or download the little cheat sheet on how to do just that. I have a lot of my friends that I've done networking with me for a long time tell me that they love watching that thing and carrying it around when they're walking into a networking event or they're walking into a conference or sometimes even if you're just walking into a wedding and you don't know anybody, right? It has a lot of use for it. I invite you to check it out if you need it. I really hope you stick around, connect with me and start leaning into finding value in others and feeling like you have value to give yourself. It'll make the world a better place. I promise. Until the next episode, I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector.